0: Be seated, real quick. I won't get into God's word here. We'll deliver this right after this service. I'm going to encourage you to stick around. We're going to have some popcorn and some water bottles here, and we're going to enjoy. We're going to enjoy uh, just some fellowship time together, even around the game, around the game. And for everybody who says, Pastor Sam, that's not too spiritual, you're probably a Raiders fan. Um, so I'm just saying. I'm just saying, look, God is moving here today. Nothing's being quenched. So but we just want to take advantage of this thing that's happening in our region. And we're just going to fellowship. And, yeah, I love it. It's going, to be, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. You must be filled with the promise in order to occupy God's promises. Please, please look at your neighbor next to you. Tell him you must be filled with the promise in order to occupy God's promises. Tell your other neighbor, the one that's looking at you with a slight look like, I don't want you to tell me anything. (laughs) Tell that neighbor you must be filled with a promise in order to occupy God's promises. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. We've been on the same verse the entire month of January. One verse. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua. Number one for today, the promise of a warrior, a worshiper, and a visionary. What does this mean? Once upon a time, there was a man who was born in captivity but died in freedom. Once upon a time, there was a man who ate manna in the desert but concluded his life eating milk and honey in the promised land. Once upon a time, there was a man who was a faithful servant that ended up being a favored leader. Once upon a time, there was a man who fought for the future of his people, his family, and his faith and finished his life declaring As for me and my house, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Once upon a time there was a man who led God's children, the Hebrews, the Israelites, into the land of promise. His name was Joshua. Joshua is synonymous with the promised land. Moses took God's children out of captivity, but it was Joshua who led them into the promised land. Joshua occupied the promised land. Joshua led his family and an entire generation into the land of promise. So here it is. By faith, in the name of Jesus, permit me to reiterate, there is a Joshua anointing descending upon you. Which means what? By faith in the name of Jesus, you, somebody say you. You You will lead your family, your friends, your followers, your generation, and your community into the promises of Almighty God. How many believe that? You, and I did say you. I'm going to tell you who you are. That's why you're here. You are a modern-day, Christ-centered, Bible-based, Holy Spirit-empowered, devil-rebuking, demon-binding, atmosphere-shifting, mountain-moving, righteousness and justice, water-walking, truth and love, 21st century Joshua. As a result, you and your family will not be known for trauma or drama. I'm going to repeat that because the devil would like your family to be filled with trauma and drama. But in this house, we believe the book. We have power to cast out every lie of the enemy. We have power against all the powers of the enemy, Luke 10:19. You and your family will not be known for trauma or drama for darkness or disruption, for brokenness or bitterness, for unforgiveness or unbelief, you and your family will be known by everyone, just like Joshua, as the occupiers of God's promises. If you believe that, I'm going to ask this one time today, are there any Joshuas in the house here, right here, right now in this place? Now, Joshua was three things. The first chapter of Joshua, chapter one, one verse one. Before we get there, we, Joshua counted with three significant accomplishments on his resume. He was a warrior, Exodus seventeen ten. He was a worshipper, Exodus thirty three eleven. He was a visionary, Numbers thirteen thirty. 30. In twenty twenty three, under this Joshua anointing, who, you, 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 you are a warrior. You're a worshiper, and you're a visionary. Oh, I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. There's a warrior inside of you. There's a worshiper inside of you. There's a visionary inside of you. Which means what? In the past, the world saw the fallen you. In 2023, they will see the fighting you. In the past, in the mirror... You saw the you that worried about, you were worrying about everything. In 2023, you will see the worshiping you. And in the past, you would see giants and you would be filled with fear. But in 2023, you may see giants, but you won't stay there. In 2022, 21, 2019, 18, you saw giants and you went out and you freaked out. In 2023, no matter how big the giant, you're going to stand up and say, I see a giant, but I see milk and honey on the other side of that giant. And as for me and my house, we will occupy God's promises. You're not who you used to be. You're not where you used to be. The promise of the warrior, the worshiper and the visionary, the promise and by the way, listen to last week's podcast about Exodus 17, Jehovah Nisi. Last week we activated the warrior in you. Today we're going to activate the worshiper, the one enamored of God's presence. The promise of God's presence. You have to step into God's presence before you step into God's promise. I will repeat that for the hearing impaired. You have to step into God's presence before you step into God's promise. Here it is, Exodus 33:11. Matter of fact, I brought Moses and Joshua. Give it up for Moses and Joshua here today, please. For these purposes, for these purposes, you're Moses and you're Joshua. Now, I'm just going to, as I read it, we're going to have to illustrate this. Inside the tent of meeting, Exodus 3:11, the Lord would speak to Moses, that's you face to face, as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp. But the young man, that's you, and today you're a young man. Isn't God great on this stage? But the, no, I mean, a, no, no, I'm not. I didn't ever call you that. Does that trigger something? I'm sorry. This, 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 but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, would remain in the tent of meeting. So both of you would go in. This really happened. This, the tent was way bigger than this. But this really happened. So I'm going to need you both just to cater to this illustration. Do you mind going inside the tent? Hashtag best day ever. This is like this. The tent of meeting. I need to explain to you what what this was and what it represents. In the Old Testament, God's glory would show up in particular places. What does that mean? God's glory would show up upon the tent. The tent of meeting was a sacred place where God would show up. Literally, when Moses would pray and talk to God, the people of Israel would be here, outside the camp. Later on, the tabernacle was inside the camp in the book of Numbers. But in the book of Exodus, the tent was outside because the people weren't even mature enough to handle the presence of God in their midst. That will preach tomorrow. You won't get that here now. They, they, they still—they te- had so much of Egypt still in them that God said, y'all ain't even going to honor my presence if I was in your midst. So I need you to set up a place where I show up outside the camp. And, and only the leader can go in there. How many are grateful that in 2023 God's glory is not outside? God's I don't know if you got that. Do you know how many? Do you know how much the Hebrews would have loved to experience what just happened in this place? <laughs> The glory of God filled this auditorium today. And Are you with me right now? But in the Old Testament, the tent of meeting was outside the camp in the book of Exodus prior to it being in the camp in the book of Numbers. And the Israelites would see the glory. Moses would talk to God and the cloud, literally the cloud of God's glory would fill this area and fill the tent. The presence of God. Like, you you saw it, so it wasn't hype, it wasn't, like, emotional exuberance, it wasn't made up in your mind, none of that. The people literally went, whoa. The Bible says that the presence of God was the number one distinguishing marker that differentiated the Hebrews from any other group of people on the planet. Oh, I'm going to have to repeat that. What made the Hebrews special, the Israelites, was the presence of God. Oh, yeah, you still didn't get that. See... People think that what made the Hebrew special was Abraham. It was Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. It was their journey from, from captivity to the desert to the promised land. That's not what makes them special of all. What makes them special, what made them special was the fact that when they would pray, God's glory would show up. Can I preach a little bit right now? <laughs> What makes us special is not the LED screens. What makes us special is not our Facebook page, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, our posting. What makes us special is not even the stage. Can I even be very honest? What makes us special is not Sam Rodriguez. What makes this special is that every time we get together, Jesus shows up and the glory of Christ is exalted in this place. So the presence of God would show up, and then this happened. They would go in there. Moses prayed with Joshua. Notice how Joshua was there. God would show up. Woo, the glory, the cloud. And then Moses would say, yeah, it's time to go back to work. Moses, come out of the tent, please. he had to go back to work there's no sin there but he had to he basically said I got to go back to lead the people talk to the people organize the people so and he had to go back to work so he left the presence but there was a young man who worked for him his right hand his name was Joshua and Joshua did something but the young man who assisted him Joshua would remain behind in the tent of meeting, in the tent of God's presence. Oh, you, you missed it. You missed, you missed it. Who did he work for, Joshua? For this guy. He worked for him. His job was to be wherever you're at, I'm there. But Joshua somehow determined, hey, I work for you. You're my boss. I'm your servant. And I like to be in your presence. But with great due deference, God's presence. Oh, you missed it. I would rather be in God's presence. So when Moses left, Joshua should have followed, but there was something about the presence of God. There was something about the presence of God. I could be in the presence of Moses or I could be in the presence of God. I could be in the presence of man, or I could be, show me a person in this house who loves God's presence more than they love anything else, and I will show you a man and a woman who will occupy God's promises. Is there anybody here in love with God's presence? I'm going to ask one more time. Is there anyone here in love with God's presence? is there anyone here who loves jesus more than they love their job is there anyone here who loves jesus more than they love their money is there anyone here who loves jesus more than they love themselves if that's you get ready because you love the presence of jesus you will occupy god's promises if you got this, raise your hands Do you think it's a coincidence that that guy, God bless him, one of the greatest prophets, that that guy, he did not go into the promised land with his people? He didn't. He died in the desert. It was Jesus who took him into the promised land in Matthew 17 2 on the Mount of Transfiguration. It took him years later. But he did not get in when he was supposed to go in. He did. Oh, you The guy who loved God's presence ended up occupying God's promises. I'm going to say that one more time. If you love Jesus more than you love anything or anyone else, you will occupy the promises of God. Why the presence of God? Look at your neighbor and tell them, neighbor, this year, This year, this year will be a year of presence and promise. Say it one more time. This year will be a year of presence and promise. In Jesus' name, I declare that my family is not filled of demons, problems, sin, bondage, illness, disease trauma or trauma i declare that my house somebody get a breakthrough right now you need to kick out every devil kick out every lie of the enemy you somebody should right now just rebuke everything the enemy are trying to do in your family Your house is filled with the presence and the glory of Almighty. Somebody shout like you actually believe. Show me a man, show me a woman that will hunger for God's presence. More than man's presence and I will show you a person who will possess what others will not. If you pursue his presence, you will occupy his promise. If you pursue his presence, you will occupy his promise. You have to step into God's presence before you step into God's promise. Ooh, ooh. Why? 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 Psalm sixteen, eleven. Here it is: In your presence there is fullness of joy. Exodus thirty-three, fourteen. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Acts chapter three. Times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for the restoring of all the things. Oh, you missed that. Why should you care about God's presence? In the presence of God, there is joy. In 2023, you will not be filled with depression, anxiety, or fear. Oh, in 2023, In 2023, you will be filled with the joy of the Lord that is your strength. In the presence of God, there is joy. Somebody shout joy. Joy. This year will be a year of joy for you and your family. I mean, come on. I said this year will be a year of joy for you and your family. How many are tired of crying? How many are tired of weeping? How many are tired of sorrow? Sorrow may last through the night but 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 joy cometh in the morning somebody get ready to be filled with joy joy cometh in the morning in the presence of God there is rest this year you will rest I said you will rest some people here have had trouble sleeping that ends today in the name of Jesus You will rest in God's promises. You will rest. Somebody say rest. You're going to work less and see more. You're going to work less and produce more. I'm preaching to somebody. I say you're going to work less and produce more. You're going to produce like you've never produced before. This year is not just a year of consumption. It is a year of production. You're about to produce more by resting more in God's promises. In God's presence, there is joy, there is rest, there is a reset. The book of Acts, we just read it. That's called refreshing. God will reset. Mm. So mm, in the presence of God, he resets you. Reset. Reboot. All the bots and bacteria and viruses and all the stuff that try to mess you up, gone. That's why... You reset your computer. You reset your phone. You get rid of everything that came in, all the different Trojans and things that the enemy put in that you weren't even aware of. All the cash is cleaned out. All the cookies that you left behind. All the little crumbs you left behind from all the places you visited here and here. All that stuff is going to get deleted by the power of God. Somebody shout reset. And in the presence of God, I'm not, this is the book. It says there's joy, there's rest, there's a reset. And then it says there is the restoration of all things. You missed that. 2023, for all the Joshuas that are here, joy, rest, reset, and get ready. You're about to see everything restored in your life. (laughs) Oh, you're not hearing that. You're about to see everything the devil stole, everything life stole, everything that was broken, everything that was corrupted, everything that went away. You're about to see the restoration of everything. Somebody shout, everything's about to get restored. God's about to restore in 2023 what everything that was lost and broken and damaged and hindered and impeded. The restoration of all things. If you really believe that in the presence of God, lift up your hands. If you believe you're about to see the restoration of everything that was lost, including days that were lost, years that were lost. Don't forget the book of Joel, Joel 2.25. He, God has the power to restore even the years you lost. Only God can restore time. If you believe God will restore that, lift up one hand. So let's do it one more time. If you believe in God's presence... You believe it. We just read it. If you believe this year will be a year of joy, raise one hand. If you believe it's a year of joy and rest, raise both hands. If you believe it's a year of joy, rest, and a reset for your life, raise both hands and a foot. And if you believe that this is a year of joy, rest, reset, and God's going to restore everything that was stolen or broken or damaged, now give God the kind of praise that lets them know that you're... Somebody prays like you, somebody worship like the presence of God is filling your life. Lift up your hands. We're done. We're going to land early here today. With your hands raised. Someone in this auditorium should ask how. Somebody say how. How, how do you activate God's presence? Because if all I do is tell you, you have to live in God's presence, but I don't tell you how, that's like, wow. You, got, you have to think. With your hands raised, watch this. Every time you pray in the name of Jesus, you go into God's presence. Hebrews says this. Now through Christ, through the finished work of Christ, you can approach his throne room with confidence. You, you missed it. The Bible says you boldly. Do you know what this means? The Bible says you want to see God's presence? You don't have to beg. Don't go in there with your head down. Don't. Don't. That's religion. Religion says, you go like this. Religion says, you go into God's presence like this. Jesus did not save you for you to approach your father like you're a stranger, a beggar. Oh, I feel the Lord. When you walk into your father's house, you're not going, you you walk in like, I belong here. That's my daddy. Somebody shout, that's my daddy. That's my daddy. confidence. Stand with me. You're standing already. How else do you go into God's presence? Every time you pray in Jesus' name. Every time you open up the book, God's Word. Not just to read it. Hey, guys, there are people that hate God that know the Word. It's not just reading it. It's learning from it, growing from it, and doing it be a doer of the word not just a listener of the word every time you do the word God's presence in your worship he shows up everything is biblically substantiated ready God in habits so every time we praise who shows up it's the contrary Every time you gather with someone else who's a believer, where two or more, there I will in the midst of. That's why you come to you come to church, you go, you're in a small group, you join your women, your men, your youth, your young adults. Because in Christian fellowship, God's pre- guaranteed by the guaranteed, he said, wherever you show up in my name, I promise I will be there my presence will be there I just gave you the biblical prescription yeah. and every single time you do justice love mercy and walk humbly before yeah. God every time you take care of those that are suffering and hurting his yeah. presence shows up yeah. Yeah. every time you show the world Jesus Joshua's are rising up if you got this word raise your hand yeah good. I'll, I'll, you're all standing with me let me give you a final note here. Um, interesting enough, in the Old Testament, it was about God's people stepping into a promise. What if I tell you that in the New Testament, it's about God's promise stepping into you? I'm going to walk away, Pastor. Did you get that? In the Old Testament, it was all about God's children stepping into Promise and then they disobeyed Babylonian captivity. Promise, and you're going back to the promise, you're going back to that. In the New Testament, Jesus came along and said, Yeah, I'm gonna pay the price not for you to step into the promise, but for the promise to live inside of you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna show you, I'm not making this up. Luke 24:49. New Testament. Here's Jesus. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. Yep. Did you know who he's talking about? Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Yeah. No, no, he calls the Holy Spirit the promise. Yep. You, you're still not getting it. We don't, we don't look as Christians. You know there's Christians that go like, I'm going to go into my promised land. Dude, get over yourself. Forget about going into a land. Do you realize that you are the promised land? <sighs> What you talking about, Willis? Yeah, man. God, God's not giving you a piece of land. He already gave you. Forget about you stepping into the promise. Jesus paid the price and shed his blood and resurrected so the promise can live inside of you. The promise lives inside of you. Which means what? 1 Corinthians 3.16, you are temple of whom? The Holy Spirit. That makes you the land that God occupies. Oh, by the way, That that makes you this. You're the meeting place. That means other people should encounter Jesus. Walk around Sacramento and people will meet Jesus. Walk around Elk Grove and people will meet Jesus. Walk around San Francisco and people will encounter Jesus you are that oh that's not me that's 1 Corinthians 3.16 the Bible says you're that the tent, the tabernacle, the temple you are that because the promise came into you yeah. not a piece of land the spirit of almighty God the spirit of Christ indeed if you've got this raise your hands so, um, Pharaoh help me out anybody help me out Raquel help me out in the promised land it was the land that flowed with what is it so if you're the land that God occupies the person milk and honey should come out of you which means what blessing should come out of you goodness should come out of you how about this love joy peace patience meekness, goodness gentleness temperance mercy faith the fruit of the spirit are you getting all of this Simon, as your pastor, and I say that with fear and trembling, even in the midst of a championship game today, is to activate the Joshua's. All of them. You're Joshua. Something happened 48 hours ago. Holy Spirit spoke to me about something in this nation. And I'm going to be honest. Look around you. We, you know this already. By the grace of Holy God. So we know it's His harvest, He adds on daily. We don't take that for granted, it's His one of the most multi-ethnically diverse churches in this nation. It is. News, Newsweek writes about us. Newsmax and other things have written about this church and the diversity and what it means. I was, two, A couple days ago, I was driving, and we avoid certain things here on purpose in order not to get involved in, in political exacerbation that increases the chasm within our community. So I'm not going to give the enemy fodder to divide more communities. But when the Holy Spirit shows up and says, Sam, you'll do something, do it, so I'm going to do it right now. I heard the Holy Spirit say this in light of what's been happening in America. I heard the Holy Spirit say something specific and, and, and it came to me, boom, and it had nothing to do with anything that I saw the news and the Holy Spirit said it's not what people think. And I went, what? The Holy Spirit said there's a reason why the enemy, why hell has declared war on African American young people. And I said, "Speak to me Get on the stage. Have millions of people that watch you every single week and do it. Tell the devil to get his hands off. I'm going to tell you why. Do you know why the enemy is coming after African-American young men? Why? I'm going to tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why, I'm gonna tell you why. Not just through the, what just happened to the cops in Memphis, not just that, but it, it's it's in Chicago, the murder rate. It, it's in Detroit, it's in Camden, in Oakland, in Dallas. It's, it's young, African American young men are dying disproportionately more than any other community in America. Go ahead, Google it. More than any other community, they're dying. They're dying before the age of 30, they're dying. Why is the devil after them, why? because they are a generation of Joshua's that will lead an entire community. So right right now, in the name of Jesus, by the authority of heaven, I come against every lie of the enemy coming after our young men. I, devil, get your hands off! Joshua generation that will literally lead your families into the promises of God. Not anymore. Church rises up. Oh wow. Lift up your hands. Spiritual authority, man. Tell the devil to get off your family. No more. This is enough. Enough is enough. Luke 10:19. I have given you power over all the powers of the enemy. That's what makes us different. It's the presence of God, the power of God, the promises of God. Use it. Use it to change the world. Repeat after me. I have a Joshua anointing. That anointing is upon me and my family to occupy all of God's promises. God's presence and God's promise live in me. As a result, this year will be a year of joy, a year of rest, a year of reset, and a year of restoration. We will occupy all of God's promises. We will lead our families and our friends into the promise of a relationship with jesus christ in jesus name only the joshua's give god your best shout of praise come on somebody shout like joshua shouted and brought the walls down